I'm Allison Knowlton Mason. I'm Stanley Bradley, and we're friends turned family, getting together to tell stories, laugh, observe, and think. This is the family meeting. All right, so episode one, super excited. Really, we're storytellers in in our lives and with each other, and uh, we like to, in our conversations, really like push and challenge each other, learn new stuff crack each other up. We've been doing this um, for, you know, 20-ish years. And then we started doing this in in public by reviewing movies on Instagram. And we just want to continue those, these conversations in a format that's slightly more accessible. So, you know, watching Instagram live later, is kind of hard because you can't like lock your phone and put it in your pocket. Like you can't pause it really and come back to it. So we thought that a podcast would be a fun format. Um, also be more inclusive to people who aren't on social. We do have a couple of people who aren't on social. And so we wanted to make it a little bit easier for everybody to engage with our version of hilarity. <laughs> and seriousness and all of those things that, you know, that get you through life. So that's right. That's right. So we're going to just experiment with this first episode, see how we feel and how we uh, enjoy or don't enjoy engaging with the world in this way. So for our episodes, we're going to start with the big idea, usually kind of like a one word topic, and then build in some sort of benchmark topics for us to consider underneath that big idea. And then the way we do it. And if you know me, you know, I'm a bit of a planner. So of course we have to have a structure, love a structure. Um, we're going to do consider that big idea, what the couple benchmark ideas are underneath it, and then do a little personal prep on our own and then come back and have an unrehearsed conversation about it. And that'll be our show every week. Um, We're aiming for something in the like 20 to 40 minute range. And, you know, we'll see what happens. We're literally recording right now. We have no idea how long this episode is going to be. So that's that. That's that. Um, well, big topic, obviously today is going to be family because that's our thing. That's our, yeah. Family, we named the show family meeting. And so wanted to start there. It feels like it makes sense to start there. Um, and it's something that we have really seen grow and evolve amongst ourselves and amongst like our group of friends over the past 20 years. And so for me, um, prior to meeting Stan and what, who who is part of what I call my inner circle. This feeling of like friends who become family wasn't something that I really experienced. Like I had family and I had friends, but it felt maybe a little temporary sometimes. And so it obviously feels good to be born into a family where you're loved and cared for, but to also have a family that you choose is just really special. And it's something that, like I said, I probably didn't really experience until college after college. And so and I think maybe that's part of growing up, right? Like maybe because it's in, yeah, it's interesting that you talk about starting off. You know that the concept of family, of friends who become so close that they become your family, essentially, is not something that we experience until we get adulthood. I wonder if yeah. that's like partly because I guess maybe when you're growing up, the concept of friendship is proximity. 
Mm, yes. More so than, because yes. like, who are your friends when you're growing up? They're your cousins, your, well, for me, they were my cousins because I have a big extended family, like a big extended bio- biological family. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm thinking about, because like that just really hit something for me. I'm thinking about, I really didn't have, like, you know, you have a best friend, like is that's the person that sits next to you at your desk when you're in elementary school. Mm-hmm. But I'm really thinking about, that's kind of funny how until you get to maybe, like, I think I'm still good friends with one of my friends from high school. And I think that's when I really started this concept of family for me was around high school. But that's also when you're like forming your personality and you're thinking about who, who you want to be and who you are and what you're, what's important to you. So yeah, that's, that's kind of a yeah. Interesting idea right there. Yeah, no. And I, I think that like you talk about like forming your personality. And I think what you're doing kind of at that point is figuring out who matches with who you are. And as you're sort of like flexing and trying to understand that, as that starts, well, as that starts to get firmer, that's when you start to be like, yes, this is a person. And so I think that's even like, I guess with all relationships, particularly even especially like, I think one of the things that's interesting and I think that we've done with this concept of family is that in a lot of ways, it's made me see how friendship is just like any other relationship. Like you get into it, Mm. what you put into it and it works in the same way. Like you don't have romantic chemistry with everyone you meet. It's the same with friendship chemistry, right? Exactly, exactly. And like, you know, the people that you have, those romantic relationships, obviously, that have the strongest chemistry are most times those ones that are most important to you. And I think it's the same with friendship. I think it's the same with, like, that's how you build a family. I think is you, if you don't have that initial chemistry, no matter how much time you spend with someone, like, it's not going to evolve into that place that's deep where you're honest where you're that person is a support to you unless you have that chemistry and that balance. So yeah, no, I mean that's exactly right. I think about the number of times I've worked with people for years and had proximity to them. And then when we're done working together, I'm like, thank you, bye. But then the people that you meet and you're like buddies, like right away, which is like, like you said, when you have that like awesome chemistry. Yeah. Which is always fun. It's always fun when you just like make a new friend, especially as you get older. Part of it is once you know who you are, you tend to, um, you know, you have your, you get older, you have your routine set. You're not doing a lot mm-hmm. of venturing out. You're not going to the club. You're not, <laughs> you know, you're not going, just hanging out with different people. You've got your routines established and it's hard to just meet new people, especially outside of work or any like church or any kind of institution like that. So I think because I'm th- and I think particularly just about our relationship, how when we first met, it was just like I was like, she is she just seems awesome. Her Your, your spirit. Your spi- no, I'm, I'm, and I'm being like your spirit was was it, it emanated like a kind of calm, which I think is like, again, going back to that idea of. Um, proximity and where you are, mm-hmm. which I th- which I think was particularly stood out in that kind of chaos that is Institute. I mean, like if you haven't listened to the trailer, Allison and I met with Teach for America and their famous Teach for America Institute. Is it famous or infamous? I don't know. Infamous. Infamous. 100%. Institute. <laughs> Back in the day, I don't even know if they do Institute the way they did 
back then. Well, last summer was virtual. I actually, we talk about this offline. I actually helped um, with virtual institute. It's it was interesting. Okay, yes, yeah. well, eyebrow that's, lift. That's definitely because <laughs> I've, I've tried. I can't even wrap my brain around that. Being able to emanate that calm and like it was a calm and it was a confidence. I think that I got from you. That, Which is fascinating because I didn't feel calm or confident. It but was, I would like to believe now, my 40-year-old self, that I do have a calm and confident core. So maybe that's, you saw it yeah, before I did. I, maybe I, maybe that's one of the things I saw before you, but I, I definitely remember a confidence and like, just being like, she seems cool. Again, because like, it wasn't like a thing where we were like, oh, let's be besties. It was a thing where it was like, you know, I like you. Let's fill right. this out. Right. Hi, how are you? Let's have some conversations. Right. And it evolved. I think like all good like all good relationships do. Yeah, I always think of um, when you meet somebody cool and a lot of my inner circle has come to me from Institute. So that's just an interesting little tidbit. But when you meet somebody in a setting and you're like, I like you and I would like to continue talking to you potentially past this setting, it always feels like there's that like the risk of I'm going to reach out to this person and what are they going to do in response? Like my friend John and I always talk about how we were super close all through Institute. This was 2006 in Atlanta. And after Institute, I was like, man, John's great. And I would like text him and then just say, you know, say something that he, something made me think of him. I would text him and tell him that. And he would write back. And I was like, oh man, he wrote back. That's great. And then one time I think he called me and I was like, oh, John. And I answered and we talked and then like, a couple interactions like that down the line, we both were like, you know, I just, I like you. I keep reaching out to you. You keep answering. And I like that you're doing that. (laughs) And it feels like simple and like basic, but at the same time, there's been plenty of times where I like somebody, I reach out to them. I don't get anything back. And I, I'm kind of petty-ish like that. I, I start counting. And I'm like, you got three times. You got three times for me to reach out to you and you don't respond. You will not get a fourth outreach. And, you know, I get a little bit of an attitude, but I move on because it it shows me just like I always say, love is spell time, right? If you can't give me the time to respond to me, that's fine. Like you don't have to respond to me, but know that that means something. And so to me, it's like on that fourth time or that after that third time, I'm going to leave you a message or send you a text. And if I don't get anything back, then I'm like, okay, what I know now is that that person, for whatever reason, right, doesn't have the space, doesn't have the time, doesn't have the interest in continuing a relationship with me. And so that's a little bit how family has been built for me. That like, you know, when I think about like who I am in my family, like I'm the like connector, communicator, and then like sort of practically, I'm like the organizer. So I, yeah. I love a party. I love hosting. I love events. I love creating experiences for people. But beyond that, like, I'm like, I'm going to be the person who's going to reach out. Yes. And, you know, that's why, yeah. like I said, I get a bit of an attitude when people don't reach don't out reach, to me. Yeah. Like no. if I'm like, if I realize for the past three months, I'm the only person who's been making calls, I'm going to get some sort of attitude, but I'm probably going to, because I'm a communicator, the next time we talk, say something to you about it and be yeah. like, yo, I'm sorry. Why is it that our friendship is looking real one-sided right now? And 
you know, my family knows that about me now. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like what you don't do is disappear and whatever the cadence is, we yeah, can have because, it, right? Yeah. Whatever the cadence is, like, you know, my friend Stephanie just has two young, young kids. She doesn't have time to be on the phone with me all the time. And I understand that, but we're not going to go six months without talking because that's our cadence. But then like my friend, Justin, he lives in El Salvador most of the time. And we might go six months without talking because that's our cadence. But, you know, being that I'm the communicator in our family, that is like the priority for me. So yeah. who are you in your family? I, I think I'm the supporter. I'm the person that I will co-conspire with you. I will be very transparent and very honest. I mm-hmm. am the one that has to be pulled on the carpet about my communication from time to time. <laughs> I mean, like, this happens. is just real. You won't, you won't, and Alice is not the only person. I have a friend from high school. Her name is Tia. If she's listening, hi, Tia. Hey, Tia. She will listen because she's a wonderful, she, she actually in her spirit, she's a lot like you. She's our communicator, our connector. And she has called me on my, my tendency to sometimes be very self-contained, I'll say, in a nice way. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, is to be self-contained. Just because I think that one of the things about being a single adult in this society is just that sometimes you do. Like, I've been living by myself for, what, since I was 20? Jeez. Did you have a roommate in Atlanta? I've never had a roommate outside of college. So that's been... Since we moved to Atlanta in 2002. Yeah, it's what I do. Yeah, I haven't had a roommate. And since before, since I graduated from college, so I would say 1999. So over mm-hmm. 20 years, I've mm-hmm. never lived with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so you, you do become kind of self-contained. You become right. kind of, you know, dependent and not necessarily, particularly if you're someone who is not, who has the, who can be alone without being lonely, right. which I think I am. You come, um, you get used to kind of getting in your own groove and not necessarily reaching out. Mm-hmm. But I think that's good. Like I said, when you have good family like Allison, you know, you're like, okay, I need to communicate. I need to put more effort into reaching out, even though that's not naturally who I am. Mm-hmm. I will say I am definitely the, I think I'm the listener. I think mm-hmm. I'm a good supporter. I think that I'm a good co-conspirator. Like if you want to, like if you tell me what you want to do, I'm probably going to be down. If it's not crazy, I'm going to be down for it and want to support right. you. Like, I feel right. like that that's who I am. That's who I've always been. I've been mm-hmm. thinking a lot because I've been thinking a lot about this as we've been prepping for this for this um, podcast. And I think that I'm a person who, and it's one of the things that you and I have in common. I think we do it in different ways, mm-hmm. but I think that we're really people who like, who are behind the scenes people mm-hmm. who like to see other people get their shine. Like, yes. for me, it's never been about... Um, I don't necessarily have to be in the spotlight, right. but I, there's something for me like genuinely about seeing people getting their shine, doing their best and like being able to be like, help people present who they are in the best light. Mm-hmm. is something that I really am, um, that I really enjoy. And I think that's something that my family would say that I'm good at and that that's kind of who I am. Definitely being your co-conspirator. Right. Need somebody to sit up with you at night, <laughs> you know, to just do whatever right. it is to, and it's not, and it's not like the big stuff. Like I will sit up with you and help you unpack your moving boxes. Oh I'll yeah. You've there. done that. Have you done that for me? I'm pretty sure you have. Uh, yeah. And, and like, I don't mind because generally I'm like, Oh, look at you. You've got this new place to live. Right. You've got, you just bought this new house. You just have this new, like, right. I'm down for a, I'm down for like 
for some grub work for the people. Well, and I remember love. I was thinking about our birthday policy. Remember our birthday policy? Yeah. That it is the best friend's job to ask the birthday person what they want to do. And it's that their job is to ask that question as many times as necessary to nail down what the birthday person wants to do. Now, if the birthday person never answers the question, then the, and the birthday arrives, that's on the birthday person. That's on the birthday person. But you're oh, you were always very good at that. And you know me, I I'm six months out from my birthday, right? Like I'm yeah. like my birthday's in April. It's almost my birthday. Um, and I'm planning my birthday in like around Christmas time. Like I'm like, yeah. what am I gonna do for my what birthday? <laughs> now, other people are not like that, but. In our birthday policy, the birthday person, the best friend has to ask until the birthday person tells. And then yeah. all they have to do is specify what they want. And then it's the birth, the best friend's job to execute, to, to execute. the plan. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I would like to go bowling and I would like our regular set of people who we invite to things to come. And, and they, like, and I would say it. that to you. And then I just put down right. thinking about it and then, until I get the evite. Yep. And I'm like, great, Stan, put together I my birthday them. bowling. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. And there you go. And I and you have done some amazing. Remember the amazing race? Yes, for birthday? Justin. I was thinking about this that I I so I love being the best friend in that scenario. Right. Aside from yeah. the fact that I love my birthday, I also love being the best friend. So your 30th birthday party was, was a big epic. blowout. Remember that? Epic. We had we had like a whole slogan and there was a drink involved. There was a a signature cocktail. There was a cocktail. There was a game. There was a Jeopardy game. That's right. There were like two different cakes. I think Christina made that pumpkin thing. And we had the big 30. Yes. (laughs) My mom is like forever talking about a pumpkin roll. I'm like, man. I'm telling you. (laughs) And then Justin's birthday was um, the scavenger hunt all around Cleveland. Wow. I planned that from Atlanta. I feel real proud of myself about that. Yeah, you're all I love the- I love a milestone birthday now. <laughs> yes. You don't have to. I, <laughs> this is why my whole pandemic birthday last year was yes. kind of killing my flow, but Lance did an exceptional job. Okay. He really did. He and Ani East got their little heads together, cooked up a whole thing. It was great. It's good. That's I got good. donuts, cookies, ice cream. So even if nothing else happened, yeah. I got all three of those things and the way my sweet tooth is set up. I was yeah. Really happy. But also, you can also get a pandemic redo whenever you feel like it. I'm well, offering. <laughs> I'm about to have my second pandemic birthday in a couple weeks. And but 41 is so unsexy that like I'm like, I don't even I, yeah. I, I will go on a good sexy trip sometime soon once this is all over. Yeah. Um, but for now, I'm not I don't really have big ambitions for this one. But yeah. now the birthday person the best friend is now replaced by husband here. Husband, so yeah. So yeah. all the best friends are off the hook. Now. Yes. It's all Lance's job for the rest yeah. of, for as long as we both shall live. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you put that in the prenup. <laughs> oh, yeah. there. Birthdays are dead serious Birth- right here. Get birthdays. focused. Focus up. Focus up. I mean, I love birthdays though. Like I think birthdays are just a good time to express how much you love someone. Right? Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of birthdays and how relationships and family changes over time. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I think something you said stuck with me was like the cadence of a friendship Mm -hmm. and how 
I think, and I think about that in two ways. I think about, like you said, there's a natural pattern to some friendships. Like when you were here in Atlanta, we talked literally every day. Yep. Multiple times a day. Yep. Like four and five times a day. No problem. <laughs> I mean, like literally. And right. then there, and then I think there was a point where I think it was when you started working with the Institute and you weren't quite available like every day. We like had, if you we didn't, moved, if you didn't work at Institute, we I just didn't have hours in the day yeah. to talk to anybody. But I think again, because of who you are, you set up some kind of like random Sunday check-in with folks. That's right. And we would literally not, there was a minimum an hour. Like we could <laughs> not have a conversation that did not last a full hour. That's right. Like, and I'm like literally an hour. Every time, regardless, and even regardless, if we're like, you know what? I don't really have time tonight. <laughs> I just wanted to say, what's up? And then 60 minutes goes by and I'm like, I have to go. You have to go. You're like, please, I've got to actually go. I need to leave now. Like you said, there's a cadence, but there's also like a seasonality to friendships and Mm -hmm. to family Mm -hmm. that I think it's really important to be cognizant of. Mm -hmm. Like everyone, like there are people like, you know, it's it's like this whole idea of growing together versus growing apart. Right. And I think that that's something to be really cognizant of when you're thinking about who the people are who can make up your family. Yeah. Because there are people you grow apart from, which is normal. And I, you know, I think a lot about seasons of life being like an adult and single, maybe slash dating is one season of life. Being married is maybe a slightly different season of life. And then having kids is definitely a different season of life. And, you know, if, trying to make new friends. And I think in a different season of life can be very hard. I think that like really long sustained friendships that have a super strong base can live over those different seasons. But like, you know, as we are, you know, I moved here five years ago and it's been five years. It has. I moved in 2016. I know. I know. It feels like I just packed boxes and left, but you know, it's like, now it's like, and this is something I've always wanted. So this is like a dorky, <laughs> dorky girl thing. I've always wanted to have couple friends. <laughs> like I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of boyfriends in, at any stage of my life. I think I've had maybe three people I call boyfriend before Lance, but I've always wanted to have couple friends. I just thought it seemed so cool. And it is <laughs> I really like it. I really like it. I've said, we have several like text chains where it's like me Lance and then the and the, the girl and the guy and um and we don't have any gay couple friends right now well yes we do John and Troy oh and Rachel and, and Jen anyway so um but I I love it I love it and so that's something that you can kind of only do yeah when you're, with, couple. When you're in a couple um and so that's a fun season of life and then we have friends who have kids we have no kids yet see how that goes um that will be another thing right we'll, yeah. like we'll be looking for people who have little kids yeah. who we can all sit around with our kids together and yeah so it's interesting and I think the cadence changes as you move into different seasons of life as well like I mentioned Stephanie has two kids like she can't sit on the phone with me for an hour yeah and and that is something that you know you just have to understand and like 
you know, as, as petty as I can be and attitudinal as I can be at times, like that's not something I can get an attitude about. Like I can't be yeah. like, how dare you not make time for me when you have two whole children who need you? Yeah. Right. But I, but I also think that is a testament to the strength of your friendship and growing together. Right. So right. you see that this part of her life is, um, you know, is a different season from yours and had your bond not been that strong, that's also like a natural place where people grow apart, right? Right. Because it's like, okay, I don't have kids. I don't, you know, whatever season I'm in right now might not be conducive to me. Like some people are just like, I don't want to fool with that. Like you're busy. It is what it is. But I think that's a testament to the idea of family is that like you and I, you're married now. Like that Mm -hmm. is a very Mm -hmm. different dynamic for our friendship. Mm -hmm. But because I support you, not only do I gain a friend in Lance, like I see that our cadence and our friendship is going to change. And I'm fine with that because I see how happy that makes you. And so I want to support Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. in your new season of life. So it's cool with me, whatever adjustments we have to make. And I think that again is a testament to when, when you can really call someone your family is when you're really at that point where you can grow in different ways that are not necessarily right. like moving in the same path. Right. But because you're still supportive of that person and you still love that person, right. that you find a way to make it work. Yep. So yeah, that I think that's one of the best things about having this family outside of your own, you know, your own actual family is that you can move with people in ways and have expectations even that are different, but you can move with people in ways that you don't necessarily do with your family, right? Because some of right. your family, some of like, I mean, like we're, we're being, we're, we're good at being transparent. Some of family is, is about obligation. And mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. family is about choice. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And that, that, that's, I think that is the thing that makes that these kind of relationships so rewarding is that it's the people that you choose. Right. Like we said in our in our little uh, show description about like the kinships you choose, yeah. Which I just, I mean, it as a person who likes to control things, I think that appeals to me. But it's <laughs> like it's like like we said about being being becoming older and becoming an adult. It's like you get to make these like strategic choices about yourself, and you're like, who do I want around me? Who are the people who like fill me, give me life? who I can pour into like that, like my particular set of experiences, like give something to this other person. And yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a good feeling. And it's good. It's good to have those people. Like I said, I love my family, but there are, there are, like you said, expectations that come along. Just like you have a role in your family, you have a role in your actual family. Yeah. And sometimes there are expectations that limit your, um, what you can expect from them and what they expect from you. And it's good to have people in your life for whom you have this kind of open relationship, this open way of communicating and knowing that they're always gonna be there for you. Judge, mm-hmm. I won't say judgment free because we're because we're a little judgy. We're all a little judgy. We are a little judgy, but sometimes you need somebody to you tell need some you judgment. that you're, you're dead wrong. You're yeah, like, ma'am. What, what are you doing? Stop yeah. that. And Cut like, and you need to know that that judgment comes from a place of, of just, of just honesty and of genuine, like, I want to help you. 
even in a way that sometimes your family cannot because they're right. so close to you. Like they, they, they are so close to you and they don't like, they have this expectation of who you are and their roles. Like even, and most of the time it comes from a place of like protection. Mm-hmm. Like I always want to protect you from mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. be it a parent, a sibling, you know, whereas your friend, your family is going to be like, I don't have to actually protect you in this way. <laughs> uh-huh. My my way of protecting you is to be really honest with you and let right. you know these are mistakes that you're making, or this That's is right. the thing that you need to do to move forward in your life. So, yeah. The only other thing I want to add is just when I was thinking about this, about a tip when you think about sustaining family and like adjusting cadence with folks is, and this is something that I do and I think is a good advice because I love giving out unsolicited advice <laughs> um, is to reach out when somebody crosses your mind. So I think that that is like my communicator strength that I don't let thoughts about a person like stack up without doing something about it. And so again, like I don't always expect someone to answer or respond or hit me back or anything like that. But, you know, I'm a person who I actually have a terrible memory, right? So if I had to remember to reach out to you, I would probably fail and not do that. But when I see something that, so, I, you know, we've been organizing our apartment and finding old things and throwing out some things. But when I find an old picture, I'm like, oh, look, that's a picture of me and Stan when we were like 20 nothing. Oh my gosh. I'm like, <laughs> I'll snap a picture of it, send it to him and be like, oh my gosh, look at this picture. What we were. And instead of just thinking that to myself, I include the it. person, right? So it's like, I have, I don't know about you, but I have a ton of dreams. When people pop up in my dreams, frequently I'll just, hey, had a dream about you last night. Wanted to just to make sure you're okay, see how you are. And I also am very quick to call and say, I don't want anything. I just want to say hi. Like I, people, as I'm newer people to me, like if this, if I meet someone and I'm like, I just call it, there's like this tone in their voice of like, I'm waiting for you to get to your point. And I'm like, oh no, I don't have a point. The point is just to see how you're doing and just to, to say hello. And they're like, oh, so y'all are used to that now. New people be looking at me sideways, but like, what is this calling that you're doing? Why are you doing this? Um, so yeah, that's my little hot tip about maintaining family. And that's good advice because as someone who's been on the recipient end of that, and not just from you, but from other people, it's good to be like, somebody's thinking about me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a good feeling to have. It and is. in this pandemic world, no, that's good advice. And I think that's advice that we will all be better for taking. Yeah. It's just to reach out with people when you, when they're on your mind. So. Cool. All right. Well, um, what's up for you this week? What's up for me this week is I'm going back in time, the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. So for those of you who are listening and don't know me, particularly, I am a lover of old school r and mm-hmm. which I guess is now old school because I'm older. <laughs> I'm trying not to reject, but um, <laughs> I love like 80s, 90s r and And the pandemic, the panorama has reconnected me. Like working from home, you're able to, you know, I was able to listen to a little more music and I rediscovered the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. 
Mm. which I used to listen to religiously when I was in college. Like my friend, mm. I remember it came out my freshman year in college. And it's, as a lover of R&B, it is probably one of the, particularly if you are like 80s, 90s R&B, it is a classic album. Mm-hmm. It has Whitney, it has Aretha, it has Cece, it has Cece Brandy. Winans. It has Cece Winans, it has Brandy. And I've missed like 10 other people that are on that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like I think Patti LaBelle mm. is on that soundtrack. Like it's, if you love... Black women R&B singers. Like this is an album that is a classic. Mm -hmm. And of course the movie is a classic and it kind of goes, throws it back to that time when soundtracks were almost as important as the movies. Like thinking about Boomerang, Mm -hmm. Boomerang soundtrack, Love Jones, the Love Song, Love Jones soundtrack was awesome. And just a couple other movies like back in the nineties, late Mm -hmm. nineties, early, early aughts. I like that word, aughts. (laughs) The early aughts. Music was, uh, R&B was like, it was like a thing. It was a thing. Um, so yeah, that, and then the other thing, the reason that is important to me is I, the reason that that's what's up for me is I'm also thinking a lot about, particularly from our conversation, our last movie Monday mm-hmm. with Billie Holiday, mm-hmm. there's a lot of conversation about Black women mm-hmm. geniuses. Like there's that Aretha show that's out now. Yes, with uh, Cynthia Erivo. Yeah. Yep. So that we're having a lot of more conversations about the histories of our Black women artists mm-hmm. and in particular, I guess, in music. And so this Waiting to Exhale soundtrack is like a time capsule of that's that great. point. And it's really great. So yeah, so that's what I'm, that's what's up for me. That's awesome. Listen to the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. What about I saw you? something, I saw something about that on, on Instagram. Um, and it's funny you mentioned it. So I was like, I maybe I need to go back and open it up. Yeah. Listen to it this week. Yeah, listen to it. What's up for um, you? What's up for me is uh, is kind of a couple month long journey. So the the pandemic has, uh, I don't know how all all the way, but it's been part of me doing some like spiritual reckoning and trying to understand for myself what I really believe and why. And so uh, I have some good friends across the street who I know through my church and another friend who I also know through church. And we meet up on a regular basis to talk about spiritual things. And I always kind of want to call it a Bible study, but it's not a Bible study. It's just like a discussion group that has spirituality as a topic. And it's been a cool, invigorating, scary kind of journey because as a kid who grew up Christian, like at no point in my life, I think was I even allowed to consider not being a Christian <laughs> that I think many black people have a similar tale. Um, this idea of deconstruction is one that of basically, and you know, that's like the the term people are using, but it's basically saying like the stuff that I was taught, like, do I think it's true? Where did it come from? Who who taught it to me, who taught it to them and how do I live my life based off of all this thinking is, so it's like a very, it's a shaky thing, right? Like if, yeah. if your faith is your foundation and you're saying, Hey, I don't actually know if any of this is true or how I'm supposed to think about it, how I'm supposed to guide my life. It really makes you feel real shaky, Yeah, which is how yeah. I felt a couple months ago. And I've now moved into this space of feeling free about it. And one big tool that's been helping is something called the Bayma podcast. It's this guy, I think he's Jewish and he 
is talking about how the Bible, uh, like understanding the Bible in the original context. So considering when it was written, who it was written by and who it was written for originally, like before colonialism got its hands on it, yeah. imperialism got its hands on it before all that. And so this thing is blowing my mind, blowing my whole entire mind. I feel like the way I was taught to understand the Bible is just wrong. Like period, just wrong. And so we're having these discussions about this podcast. We're digging in and it is, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. And if you have ever, like one thing that they do is they read passages and they talk about the problems in the passage and they're literally going from the beginning of the Bible in order. And so we did like the, the whole garden of Eden scene. And he's like, are there any problems in this? And they're like, there's a talking snake. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> like, why is the snake talking? And so then we just go through and it is fascinating. So it's making me really like, it's making me think, rethink everything. And yeah. it's giving me so much freedom that like, I basically, this is going to sound real sacrilegious, kind of have thrown away what I feel like I know about the Bible and I'm just starting over. And it's about God. It's about spirit. Shaking the table. I mean, <laughs> throwing the table away. Like, it's okay. like, nope, nope, none of that. Hold all that off on the side and start everything over. And it's just cool, man. It's like, it's spirit. It's God. It's like, what are the messages that I'm hearing inside? Like my inner voice. And, and then what am I learning? And it is, is cool. So I'd say, look it up. If you're interested in that journey, it's, uh, the Bayma podcast. Their website is like Bayma, B-E-M-A discipleship.com. Okay. It's dope. That sounds interesting. I mean, that sounds like a lot. I mean, it is a lot. Taking away your foundation is, it's a lot. It's something. It's a lot. But if you, but if you think about it, like, it also seems like this is the perfect time because mm-hmm. a lot of our foundation, like the pandemic has taken away a lot of things that we think about mm-hmm. that are our foundations. And also like- One of the things that just distracted us into thinking that that was yeah. what our life was based on. And it's That's like, true. now you're just in the house. The, the distractions are gone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was that was deep. Yeah. Things that distract yeah. us and yeah. you don't have, you can't, be distracted anymore. That's right. Because all the distractions are gone. That's right. And that's our show for this week. Support for this podcast comes from Lilacs on York Creative Studios. The Family Meeting is produced by me and Allison. Additional production, audio mixing, and sound editing by Will Solua, who also wrote and produced our theme song entitled 135th and Coffee. Need a unique track, beat, or sound mixing and editing? Hit him up. You can find his email address in our show notes every week. Or holler at him on IG at I am Soul Lua. I A M S O U L U A. Special thanks goes to Anais for helping us produce our trailer. Natasha, Allison, Maisha, and Anais, our favorite live comment section from our Movie Mondays on IG Live. And to my mom, Karen, for always making time to listen to our Movie Mondays and for telling us that we're funny, which is all we really want to hear from anybody. (laughs) That is it. You can find our show notes and what we discussed this week, including links posted in the blog section on lilacsonyork.com. And you can keep up with the show on Instagram at lilacsonyork. You can find me on social at Allison K. Mason on IG and Twitter, even though I do not tweet. And you can find me on social at twice11 
on IG and Twitter, even though I don't post on IG. Thanks for listening. We'll meet you here next week. <laughs>